Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody, and welcome in to Believe in the Dallas Cowboys with me, Jeff Cavanaugh. From 97.1 The Freak, 7 to 11 a.m. in DFW. Uh, and on the iHeartRadio app. This is my co-host, the sweet, sweet man himself, former Cowboys wide receiver Jesse Holly. Oh, Jesse Holly went 77 yards. It must be a reality show. Jesse can be found everywhere. Uh, DallasCowboys.com, A to Z Sports with Skywalker Steel, right here with me. Am I missing anything? Is there more? Um, on Twitter, at Mr. Fort DeLonge. On Twitter. You can catch me in these streets before 8 o'clock. After that, I'm in the bed, you know? Sames. Um, Jesse, do, when you get on a plane, do you take anything to try to help you? Hold, hold that thought. Hey, but, uh, you know, this show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, and we appreciate it. Your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Basketball's back. You want to bet against the Mavericks? They look terrible. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And if you bet on the Cowboys last week, I hope you got your bet in early before that line got moved. Otherwise, you got covered on the back end, and that was not fun. They're your continued source for all sports wagering information, live betting, free contest giveaways all year long, all your favorite sports and events, NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf, betonline.ag. 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit if you use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V, bet online where the game starts. Because I take my uh, anxiety, my medicine, my uh, my emergency meds, my clonopin, I take them right when I sit down. So I could be, I could be kind of asleep if, when it's seatbelt time. But I, I put my seatbelt on before I take it. I don't take anything um, when I get on the plane. And I'm always, uh, as much as I possibly can, I try to get window seat so I can get tucked right in that little snuggy little spot. Yep. All my hoodie up, put it right there in that little that little spot right there, and I'm gone. Okay. You ever been uh, told you had to leave an airplane? No, and I, I never want to be told that I have to leave an airplane for any reason, but I have okay. not ever been told that I have to leave an airplane. Does a man being told he has to leave an airplane change if you're interested in having a much football team? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, we don't, I don't know all the facts, right? His party is saying one thing, the airline, the, the, the Miami Dade Police Department is saying one thing. But it's just, it's ironic that certain type of attention always seems to be circulating around certain type of people. And maybe that's just what, maybe it's what the doctor ordered for this place. I don't, I don't know. But, I wasn't one who was fond on signing said player. So this doesn't do anything to move me in any way, shape or form, but just know that when you deal with a person of this caliber, that it just seems as type of things just are, it's always hovering around him for some way, shape or form. See, cause I think the Odell Beckham that got in the fight with a kicking net, and uh, Odell Beckham, I think even in Cleveland, there was probably a level of me to Odell Beckham. And I think he still likes the spotlight. But I picture my Odell Beckham as being a more mature man than he once was, uh, who has recognized that the young person that he was, because we were all young and we were all idiots when we were young and we were all more selfish when we were young. And I picture him as a more mature person now. And uh, he's going to be on my team 
Uh, I thought the headline when we did this show and when I did radio today was going to be Adam Schefter says the Cowboys are the favorites to sign Odell Beckham. All right, here we go. And instead it was Odell's seatbelt wasn't on and he was in and out of consciousness and we have a medical emergency. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is. He took his Klonopin before the plane uh, like I do. And so he was sleepy or maybe because he was in Miami, he was kind of out late and he was sleepy. Or maybe his Klonopin of choice is something else to help him sleep on a plane. Somehow, some way, you just went mute. Um, so I mean, for the thing is, for me, is, uh, listen, when you're in Miami, I've asked, like, Miami's like Vegas. Anything can kind of go, go in that situation. And I don't, I'm not speculating what Odell took. But, again, you know, this, this is a guy. Talk about, talk about the worst timing ever. A dude who is trying to find his way back into the National Football League. I'm not saying that he on some, you know, obscure outskirts of the league and he can't get back in. But if you're trying to convince people that you're no longer drama-filled and in addition to not being any longer drama-filled but also being uh, someone who can actually play football on the field. See, it's different when you're young Odell Beckham and you're, and you're, and you're kind of giving up, you know, not giving up, but, but you're having 13, 14, 1,500-yard seasons and your first three years of the season, you're up there with the Randy Moss of the world. That, 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 that level of Odell, you'll take any level of tolerance that comes with that. I, I am a firm believer that there is a vision that's analytically based, like DVOA and EPO and FBI and CIA. Not EPO, no. It's, it's, it's talent versus tolerance. And as long as you got any talent, they will tolerate with anything. But when that talent begins to decrease, and oh boy, you aren't as special as you once were on the field, and so does their willingness to deal with your to, deal, to tolerate your nonsense. And so for for Odell, just like man, it sucks for a dude who's trying to find his way back, and you know these type of situations seem like like think about this for like of all the people in all of the world that this could happen to. It happened to Odell Beckham on the eve of him supposedly meeting with some teams coming up this week. How? Like how? Of, of all the people in all the world, of all the planes, of all the flights, how does this happen to you? It's, it's one of those things where you're just like, boy, you just, you, trouble just seems to always, drama just seems to always Odell Beckham. Well, I still want him. How am I? Am I back? Did I fix myself? Sweet. That was live coverage of something coming unplugged, but I couldn't figure out what. So I just pushed on a bunch of stuff and it's working now. Uh, I still want him, but I'd probably take the Steven Jones approach, which means I wouldn't get him because all it's going to take is one team who's like, sure, we'll give you three years and $30 million. I'd be like, yeah, um, like we think you'd be cool to be our third receiver once you're all healthy and stuff like in a month. And like we use a lot of tight ends and stuff. So like, you'd probably play 20, 25 snaps a game. Uh, so like, yeah, if you want to come here for the rest of the year, chase a ring, we'll give you a few million dollars. That'd be great. But like, if there is a team that's doing their version of we're all in, we'll do what it takes. Odell, here's the money in the long-term contract. I'd probably be like, you know, we'll see if we can do it with Jake Ferguson, getting your targets. Probably not going to be too worried right, about so it. Let me, let me ask you this question. This has been a debate that I've been having about this player and about this team on the tweets. On the tweets. And you give me a percentage number what what is your percentage and confidence that kellen moore would be able to scheme 
a situation where Odell Beckham is being given an opportunity to do what he does best? Like, how do you uh, feel? Pretty high. I think it would be because to me, Odell Beckham, the thing that he's going to do best is just be a dude that has like definitive stick to his routes and separates a little bit. And you can do that on comebacks and slants and digs, and they run that stuff. I, I just, to me, it's not even about bringing in a dude that like I'm going to feature and he's going to be awesome. It's about bringing in a dude that's literally better than Noah Brown for the Noah Brown snaps, or we're down 13 and it's mid third quarter and it, we need to score in a hurry. So we're going to play multiple wide receivers instead of all of our tight ends. I just want to be my third wide receiver. Uh, I just want him to be able to beat man coverage. I think I'm not creating a giant expectation for Odell better than Noah Brown is what I want. And Jalen Tolbert, damn, he's got to feel awful. Like, hold on, this guy got escorted off the plane and is coming off ACL, second ACL, and he's 30 years old, and you guys are all really desperate for him. What? And then they look at him, and they're like, yeah, well, we also wish that you were able to play, but what the hell is going on with you? Uh, so that makes that makes me sad. Uh, so you – see, I, I don't hate Kellen Moore. Like, I don't have big doubts about Kellen Moore. I think that somewhere along the line when you – tell people, hey, in the last three seasons when Dak plays, the Cowboys score the most points in football. Not Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, not Josh Allen and the Bills, it's the Dallas Cowboys. And that since Dak got back, they're the number one offense in football, number one third down offense in football. They don't have the best offensive line in football. They don't have the best receivers in football. They don't have the best quarterback in football. Kellen can't suck. No, it's not that he sucks. Um, well, it's not that he sucks. What it is, it's 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 situational. And at times, like you can watch a game, like that, like there, I, I talked about this in my other show. There was a third down in the Giants game, right? It's third six. Kind of close. They run full verts. Like that's not winning football. That's all Ooh. PI offense, baby. Throw it like, back yeah. in the DB. Get that flag. Yeah, and it didn't work. Sure. It, 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 it didn't work at all. And I'm just saying, like, Something as simple as, okay, hey, how about you run three verts and then you take someone underneath, hmm, let me think, someone who's really, really, really fast, and then you just run him on a shallow cross, especially when you know that Wink Martindale is going to blitz 46, 44% of the time and you knew a blitz was coming. How about you run three verts and then run one guy underneath on like a dart route or a shallow cross and just throw it to him and just let him run out the back end of that because everyone else is 40 yards down the field. Like make the easy throw and let your athlete do what they do. But the guy really, 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 really fast is standing next to you getting ready for the punt team. Like that, like that's the next to you. So it's little things like that that I'm just like not saying that you're like horrible, but it's moments when we need you to be really good the most, you aren't. Especially in those tight games against teams that are equal to or better than you. There's sometimes there's this, you know, and then you get in the red zone and it's like, hey, we're on the two-yard line. Sure, why not? Get in shotgun and try to run a run from the shotgun. Like it's stuff like that. You're just like, oh hey, let's run a let's run a jet sweep down here. Let's run a reverse down here. And it's like, like, let's not get cute. Let's just, just line up and just go get the touchdown. You didn't like your Peyton Hendershot touchdown that led sure. to tight end whack-a-mole? I mean, I mean, great. The, 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 I like the celebration and I like the play call. Like, I really, really did. It was a 10. With Kevontae Turpin, it's, 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 
it's weird because I feel like a lot of media people will just go hard at so many different people and they have literally no clue what they're talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. And so when it's like Kevante Turpin, I'm like, it makes sense to me too. Oh, you mean this little guy who is really flipping the field for you on special teams and very electric with the ball in his hands? Like, oh, that sounds like a guy I would like to get the ball to more as well. I guess I would like to have somebody ask them and have them give a real answer because a lot of times they'll just talk good about all their players and they'll move on with their day. But what is preventing Kevante Turpin from getting some looks when you clearly don't have more than two receivers that you like? Like, what is it about? Is it just something about the position? Because he dominated the USFL as a returner, not necessarily as a receiver. He was a league MVP. He was a league MVP, but it was mostly as a returner. But and he led the league in receiving yards. Yeah, he had like 300 yards. That's fine. But like my, my biggest thing is that I'm not saying that he has to be your number one or get 15, 16 targets. I'm saying like he has to be able to play a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a little bit. And my my only gripe is is that my God, 540 yards led the USFL in receiving. Right. And that's like having your that's like having Mike Rush. That's like having Mike, not Mike White. That's like having no shots at Ben DiNucci, but like having Ben DiNucci as your starting quarterback. All Ooh, year. I want to find out who his quarterback was. Hold on. He played like, for New Jersey. <laughs> passing for New Jersey. Luis Perez, former Texas A&M great. Exactly. I have like. Well, you don't study the draft like that. You know. I don't. I, listen. He's Perez now. He's Perez now. He was very USFL caliber. Okay, there's only, you know, there's there's only the, Lewis Perez sounds like, you know, Hispanic quarterback. And, you know, there's only one Hispanic quarterback that I vouch for. Okay, that's only, there's only one that I vouch for. That's one that I know personally. That's Antonio Ramiro Romo? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, I mean, that that's where I get this. this I look at the game and I go, why is it that we can't figure out get dynamic people the football? Well, tell some of the people out there to ask them, because I'm curious. There's two things I want to know about from the Cowboys that I don't know. One is, hey, what are you guys seeing from him or not seeing from him in practice that's not wanting you to have him on offense? And two is, what about Jabril Cox makes you not want him to play football either? Because I watched him in training camp and in preseason, and he was the same cover guy I watched in college, and he looked really good against the run, and he ran real fast, and it was a lot of fun. But they're just like, nah. And I, I won't say on the Jabril Cox, the thing that I've heard about when it comes to Jabril Cox, it's is his ability to process the defense, like how fast things are happening, and then react. And, and more so in the run game. It's for him, it's the biggest part of this being able to see the keys that he's supposed to see and react. Now, maybe more reps mean, means that, but that's been the one thing that I've heard when it comes to Jabril Cox. I'm like, dang, I'm like, that, that would be a great threesome to have on the field, Jabril Cox, Michael Parsons, and, 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 um, and, uh, uh, 33. Which one? You want Van Der Esch? You want Damone Clark? Damone Clark. Dude, shout out to Damone Clark. He comes off spinal fusion and Jabril Cox has been here and they're like, Hey, your spinal fusion's healed. Get out there, tiger. Damn. And he's every game is more and more and more. He's getting better and better and better. The snaps are increasing. And, but you see, like you can watch Damone Clark and you'd be like, well, yeah, I, I see it. Like, and you can tell, like, all right, there's there's a component to this where I'm like, okay, he gets it. He understands what to do. He's still thinking a little bit. That's cool. And he's still trying to, like, figure this thing out. But then you'll see moments where you'll go, okay, that's it. That, that That's what they saw, 
you know, in the draft. That's what they saw. And you're like, oh, when he figured this whole thing out, you're going to have another – like, you're going to have you, – you potentially have three vicious dogs. Like you have three Connie Corsos. You have the biggest Connie Corso, and I'm only saying that because I have a Connie Corso. Yeah, I figured you're using yeah, the yeah, yeah, shout out to Mamba. You're going to have the biggest Connie Corso and the most ferocious Connie Corso and the most aggressive Connie Corso and Micah Parsons. And then you're going to have two pups that are following and watching his lead. And you might have one that's more aggressive than the big lead dog, and that's Sam Williams. And then once, like, then you have a combination of strength, power, and all of that kind of in Damone Clark playing middle linebacker. So when you get those three kind of all in the mix and Micah understands it, Sam Williams still figuring it out and Damone Clark still figuring it out. You can, but you can, like, there is tangible evidence. You're like, Oh yeah, the burst is there. The, the 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 be able to shed blocks are there. The running down power, the reading, you know, all that stuff. You see that when you when you watch them on the football field. It's it's now about can he get it in between the in between the noggin to go right now and not pause and then go. You know what I'm saying? Like have that Sean Lee mentality where oh I know this ball is going right before the ball snaps and go be an animal and go get it. All right, now let's talk about the Cowboys beating the Giants and moving to eight and three and creeping their way towards the playoffs. And since Dak has been back, the Cowboys are now a top five offense and a top five defense. Now they're not a top five offense on the season, but they're a top three offense since his return. They're still a top five defense. Uh, That game to me felt a lot like a college game where a team that's not as good for 15 minutes, sometimes for 30 minutes, like you can you can hang in there, but then eventually there's enough possessions and it's like, oh wait, my players are better than yours. And so the Cowboys, once they scored three touchdowns in a row, it was just like, yeah, we're better than you, but thanks for stopping by. That was fun. Any can you believe that this team could be different? I know people are people are tired of you made the playoffs and you lost. I mean, it's just a given day. Are you gonna beat Tampa? Are you gonna beat whoever you play in the first round on a given day? But can I talk you into belief in this version? The second half version or the first half version? So in that, uh, in this this in full that, this full version of the Cowboys this year. Because right now you're top five offense, top five defense. Your quarterback's playing well. Your defense is playing well. Too. They were that last year too. They were, they, were, they were in that conversation last year as well to being in, the, in all those high rankings all across the board offensively. But I think um, this time it's Dak came back from injury and he's playing well. And last year Dak came back from injury and you're like, why can't they run it well anymore? And what, like he, he had the really weird games against the terrible teams where he threw for like a million yards and you're like, oh, and then anybody they play decent, you're like, he, what's wrong? He's not okay. And like, I don't think that part's true this year. Like I, I'm comfortable with the quarterback right now. I, I'm comfortable with the quarterback as well, but overall the team, the team is somewhere in between Minnesota and Green Bay, right? Like, where is where does the team that line? They like superior Minnesota and just dominate you from start to finish, or are they play good, make mistakes, play good, make mistakes, and again they should you know games closer than what they should be in. And like I look at the Giants game and I go that puts them right in between there because they'll have a they'll have a Green Bay. They had a Green Bay second half in the first half of the Giants, and then they had a Minnesota second half. Uh, they had a Minnesota game in the second half of versus the Giants. So I'm like, I, I am still trying to figure out who this football team is. And while the numbers at times are glaring, 13 penalties against the New York Giants, a team that was down, 
a legit 10 players, like probably 10 starters on offense and defense. Not joking. Like, I'm not exaggerating. And, and you turn the ball over twice. On, and I, I, side note, if we never throw the ball down the middle of the field again between C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott, I'll be totally happy. Totally happy about that. I'll be totally happy about that. So my thing is, how do I believe? What do I believe? Do I believe that this team has taken the proper steps in defeating the demons that kept it down in the past? Because they keep popping up. They keep showing themselves in different forms and fashions throughout these games. Am I to ignore that and go, oh, yeah, but we can just go anywhere, anytime and just like that's my that that is my juggling act when it comes to the Cowboys. It's my heart won't let me fully believe that they have changed. So what you're going to need is you're going to need uh, Dak and I in the Philly game to make a believer out of you. That's what you're going to need. Because I actually take the I take the what was it thirteen penalties for the Cowboys, seven for the Giants, two turnovers for the Cowboys, none for the Giants, and you whooped them. And I'm like, wow, okay, you're way did better you than them. Whoop them though? Like, did you whoop? Them? Yes. Like, you're up by two scores when you when you when you give up the the touchdown to get them within eight because of prevent after a whooping. Yes, you beat them by two scores. Whooping. I don't know if I call Giants a whooping. I call Giants a win. I don't know if I call Giants a whooping. Minnesota was a whooping. That was a whooping. Chicago was a whooping. The Giants if, was a If win. the Cowboys tried hard, they they won that game by 15, but they played the stupid prevent and let them go score on their garbage, stupid drive. You beat a team by 15, you smoked them in the NFL. Smoked them. We came on this show last week, and we talked about I'll talk for myself. I thought this was going to be over at halftime. Literally. I was like, man, at halftime, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, post-game show is going to be real short. We're going to get – Get home, get to the family, get to the to the to the to Holy Trinity mac cheese yams and collars on the fork. Like that's my Holy Trinity. I thought I thought it was gonna be that. And at halftime, I'm like, whoops, losing. <laughs> what what happened? Well, this is supposed to be over. You threw two picks. This is this is supposed to be this is supposed to be long like to a team that literally had no business being on the field with you at all, at all. Yeah, Giants aren't good. No, they aren't. And They're yet, not good with everybody. They're better with everybody. Yeah, but they're still not good. They, it, 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 everybody fully, fully. I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it's the NFL. It's the National Football League. It's, it's pro football. It's guys paid. I'm like, they had backups to the backups. In. That, to me, I'm like, I thought it was going to be, you know, a 10-sack game. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to be like Daniel Jones is going to be seeing ghosts on the sidelines. But you look up, you're like, man, that was a terrible first half. And that's the part that I, I, I struggle with. Because it, I have flashbacks and nightmares of what happened in the playoffs. And if you come out slow and you come out like that, a team like San Francisco, defensively, will bury you. Oh, well, get ready, because that ain't going to be your first game. Your first game's Tampa. You can lock that in. Dallas will be traveling to Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. I get it. A lot of folks are like, oh, well, cool. I'm, I'm just saying I – I got the most confident in going to Tampa. For a one-game situational scenario, that ain't a cakewalk. Especially against a man who you've never beaten in his 22-year career. You've never got a dub over that man. Yeah. And when, he I, gets, when he lifts his 8-9 and nine NFC South Championship trophy and gets to host a playoff game, I'm going to be like, that's it. we got to redo the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's, that's fair. That's absolutely fair, but it's these type of things that when you see in those games that I'm like, 
year. And then I'm like, but my heart, my, like, you know, like, like my dad always say, hey, son, I'm coming to get you. Pack a bag, sit on the porch and wait for me. I'm like, great. I pack a bag, good bag. I tell my other brothers, hey, I'm going to dad's. Grandma, I'm going to dad's house. He's like, okay, you, you sure? Yeah, I'm going. He said he's coming. I'm going to sit right out here on the porch and he comes. The car goes by. Another car goes by. Another car goes by. Another car goes by. And he never shows. And he did it again and again and again. To when he told me, I was like, yeah, now nah, I'm good, bro. You're not going to come. But you fooled me the last four times. But this time you won't. So that's how I feel. I feel cowboys. Like, can I trust you like my dad? Are you going to come through for me this time? Do you know where he is now? Can I fight him? My dad? No, no he's long gone. He's dead. He's out of here. He's he's gone. Okay. He's somewhere between heaven and hell. I don't know which one he's is. He's like in. He's he's gone. He's okay. Because I just want to. I just want to fight him. Um, yeah, yeah, no. But, I, you know, that's a great question. If my father was still alive, would I fight him today? I don't know. I I might bully him. I might smack him around a little bit. I might I might be like, "What's up, punk?" I'm not. I don't know. I might. I might. I might take a little bit of that. Good to, see, good to see you, sir. There's a lot of trauma here, but it also built great character. So kiss my ass and I don't forgive you, uh, but I'm good. I'm like, I, I don't know. How would I approach that? Be like, what up, son? Like, my name's Jesse to you, bro. I don't know. I don't know how I would approach that. I don't know how I would approach that. Well, that's the saddest story ever told on Believe in the Cowboys. Um, and I don't have any way to move on from it. So thanks for stopping by. I'm Jeff and he's Jesse. We're presented by Ben Online. Um, and, you know, everybody's got traumas. So you've just heard one. So hang in there. We're all together. All right. Remember, you have no idea. You're saying you're going to pick up your kids. Go pick them up. And if you're a Cowboy fan, don't sit on the porch and wait for the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl. Just let them win a Super Bowl. Let them win it first. I'm on the porch. Remember, <laughs> you have no idea what anybody's going through, so be cool to everyone unless they just don't deserve. No, just be – we'll stick with be cool to everyone. <laughs> yeah. I love you all. Be easy. Eliminate the contingencies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.